following is a Journey to Comics Network production. Hey, Ohio, this is Nick Maxson from Brews with Dudes, and you are about to embark on the Journey into Comics Best of the Week show, featuring highlights from all episodes on the network this week. So go ahead and sit back, crack open a tasty brew, and enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Journey into Comics. No, he didn't catch it. So when they tweeted that they, because I, you know, I don't know where it came from, but it was like they were answering a question that no one asked, or maybe someone asked it. I didn't, and I didn't see. But they said that's a in all caps fantastic idea, and then they said in theaters everywhere April twenty seventh. So they pushed it a week. That also helps because you've got Deadpool moved up, you've got Solo that's in the month of May now. So this gives it a week to breathe, a little extra time to breathe. Yeah. Going into May, you're so by the time Deadpool hits, it's going to be on its third week decline. <clears throat> it's not going to be as hot. It's still probably going to be pretty hot, especially if you look at how Black Panther is doing. I mean, God, that movie's doing phenomenal. They're going to have another over hundred million dollar weekend. Yeah, um, no, uh, Avengers is going to be hot. It's going to be, it's going to smash records. I know it's going to. It's going to be one of the biggest movies um, of the last few years. Uh, I think it's going to be right up there with Star Wars. I agree. So they used the time stone. They decide to push it. What does that mean for the Road to Infinity War, though, Brando? Well, the Road to Infinity War, we got to alter our release schedule just a little bit. Of course, we're going to have to squeeze in the last few uh, releases there towards the end and uh, move up something by a week. And uh, I think we're going to move. I think one week we're going to at least two, like one on Wednesday, one on Friday. I think that's what we uh, threw out there. So. Yeah, I mean, you guys are you guys are still going to get your awesome uh, exclusive reviews from all the different shows here on the Journey to Comics Network over on the Patreon dot com slash Journey to Comics. Making just, our way to our goal, bro. Yeah, I, absolutely, man. Uh, for only just three dollars, man, pledge three dollars, and you get some extra bonus content. Not to mention that we are looking at we are now in March, starting this March, this March, starting this month. We have we're going to be recording. Some possibly some new brand new stuff that I don't know if we're ready to announce the content of that yet to the public. But Nate, we can truly say we have two brand new Patreon exclusive podcasts. Count them three, bro. You got three now? A total of three. Oh, yes, sir. That is awesome. We're going to have to talk I, a little bit off air about what, because I'm not ready to say exactly what it is yet. I know about one of yours. Well, I know. Yeah, well, that's the only one so far is 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 that one. Okay, and then I have two in the in the pipe. Okay. One that's not even involving me. I won't be on that show whatsoever. I just helped come up with the name and the design of the logo. Oh. Um, but then the other one, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the other one is... Um, well, it's a little space and timey wimey, weebly wobbly who, stuff. Who? 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 Well, well you know the de- you know the force is definitely with us with this, and we are going to be launching <laughs> some new, that was awesome, brand new shows exclusive to the network to hopefully you know sweeten the pot, man. You know, have you ever heard? Um, uh, there's an old Mitch Hegberg joke, man. He's like, I'm gonna have to sweeten some of these jokes. You know what that means? That's a showbiz term for add sugar to. 
<laughs> so we're definitely going to be adding some sugar to our Patreon, adding some brand new shows that are going to air at least once a month. We we're going to we're going to dial down release times and dates for these shows. I know for a fact that uh, me and my co-host for the show that I'm doing, we're looking at to record our first episode this month, and it's probably going to come out by the end of the month for sure. I would say one of the two that we have uh, is probably a May release for that, and then the other one is going to coincide with the 11th season of said show. That we will be discussing that will be coming out sometime in August if that doesn't give you guys enough fucking clues as to what we're talking about. Um, but that's okay because, Brando, here's the deal. We got the Patreon, Road to Infinity War. The plan is we're going to move. Our review of Ragnarok is just going to get pushed up to the Saturday right after the, um, uh, what do you call it, Voices Survival podcast mm-hmm. does the Spider-Man. And then the week Wednesday that would have been the Thor review will be back Black Panther, which will be one day before the movie comes out on the 26th. Right on, right on. So we just made some slight adjustments, but wait, there's still fucking more, and I feel like that was my whole last weekend, but wait, there's more. So here's the thing, because there's actually bonus content that came out this weekend that we didn't tell anybody was even happening that's bonus content within bonus content, Brando, because... Them Podcastrophy boys got nerdy and dirty and reviewed Deadpool for our Road to Infinity War. They still loosely tied it to the MCU, even though you can't officially say it's a part of the movie. There is definitely a helicarrier from uh, Captain America Winter Soldier that is in the movie. And uh, Stan Lee's in the movie, so it's got to be a shared universe somehow. So uh, really they did a great that, review. I really hope that me sipping on my uh, on my coffee thing wasn't too loud into my microphone. I, I don't really, think it was. I really wanted to finish it off. I mean, these mics are totally freaking awesome for like when you're like way, way talking at a normal, um, a normal thing. I'm holding the microphone this week, guys. I really don't have my room set up to do a podcast. It was sort of like. Kind of got dropped on me in the last minute. Hey, we're going to dinner with the fam. It's like, oh, all right, yeah, uh, sweet. And then I get home, and Nate's like, I'm ready to go. And I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> Fuck it, let's just roll. Let's just, man, let's really <laughs> crudely throw the laptop up on the side of my foot and, and uh, you know, throw up the Zoom here, you know, to talk about some cool, uh, some cool comic book and comic book-oriented material, if you will, yeah. Nate. So back to it, Brando. A couple, well, okay, so let me say, an Infinity War toy may have spoiled something in the movie. And I'll elaborate in a second with the minor spoiler alert there. And also take it with a grain of salt because toys sometimes don't necessarily represent the end product. And this is all conjecture. Um, And then also there was an announcement for a toy that was fucking so badass. And there was confirmation on another toy that something we thought might be appearing is officially appearing. So in order. First of all, uh, let's talk about what's officially been confirmed. Uh, it seems that when we see Iron Spider in this movie, he will have his four additional arms that retract from his back. They aren't using that. to Obviously, they've shown very limited shots of the Iron Spider suit in the trailers for Infinity War. We've only got the one trailer, you know, and it's already only a month away. By the way, just to put that out there, I mean, I'm really, okay it's two that. months. I'm but... more than okay with that because of what I complained about with Age of Ultron. Yeah. Yeah, just just 
don't give me the whole movie. Don't give it all away. So we we you know we get confirmation through the toys. All the toys show Iron Spider with the things on his back. I'm sure that there'll be a pop variant where his things will be retracted down or whatever. Slightly different color scheme: red, red, blue, and gold. So to match the suit, mm-hmm. not like they tried to match the comics. Right. Uh, something that we can say is just straight up badass. Hot Toys. They make like highly detailed scaled replicas of characters and they have like cloth clothes and they're like fucking Barbies for collectors, you know, but like high quality fucking Barbies, I guess. Um, so, uh, you know, they're doing, they actually made an infinity gauntlet for the movie, like a hot toy that you can buy. And dude, the fucking stones breathe. What I mean is that they light and flicker just randomly, like as if the stones are alive and just breathing on their own. Cool. So it has this really the fucking video they teased. I was like, "Oh my fuck, that's going to be like five hundred dollars, and I have to have it. I'm probably not going to ever have it, but if I fucking could have it, that's what I want." Anyways, and then here's the spoiler, and I'm gonna just give you guys spoiler alert. This is only going to be a couple seconds, Brent. I want to get your opinion on this. Um, I've, I've said this before. That I think that the way Thor Ragnarok leaves off, it kind of leaves it with where Thanos is about to show up. He's going to blow up that ship full of fucking Asgardians, and there's going to be massive deaths. And you're talking about who could die in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that would be impactful. And the toy that was released is a toy of Thor, right? Any old toy of Thor, doesn't matter. What do you think Thor is holding? Do you have any clue? Nope. Heimdall's sword. Meaning it is possible that Heimdall will die when Thanos raids their ship to get the Tesseract. From Loki, who definitely has it. Yeah. Oh, shit. (laughs) Right? Antimutagen. (laughs) Antimutagen, yeah. You got to put it in the donuts with the... uh, What do you call those, Brando? Ice cubes. Oh, the cubes. From the suburbs of Chicago and Illinois, this is The Poor Report with your host, Andrew Poor. Over the weekend, we had the 90th Oscars, which I'll go into detail here, and then you'll be able to Check out a more in-depth on the Foodies episode, which will be coming next Wednesday. But you can check it out early on Patreon for only a dollar, so that's exciting. And I actually realized, kind of the first time I'm going to get in today, is that in the show we've talked about fake news. And if you listen to my bumper and you listen to all that, you know that fake news has been going on. And I really thought it started with, with uh, Donald Trump and with the presidential campaign and his kind of the war on the mainstream media. And I actually realized that I had my own bit of fake news or false information that went back seven years ago. So, you know, if you're on Facebook, you know that every year, sometimes they do this thing like Facebook Memories, which is a a post or some kind of event that you shared a year from the date or two years or however long it was. And I saw over Facebook anniversary of my 21st birthday tweet or a Facebook message and it actually was my first time I actually used a fake news type post so it says uh, just got back from a fun night out with some close friends 
only to read more fun news in the scout about apparently my lack of leadership and how I'm failing students and my government. If any of you know me, you know that's false information. I don't really care. This guy is useless to me anyway. Happy 21st birthday to me. So for those who don't know, um, the Scout is the student newspaper where I went to college, which was Bradley University, which is in Peoria, Illinois. And a couple weeks before this post, I was elected the student body treasurer filling in an opening from the original student body treasurer who resigned due to some other things going on. So I was brought in two weeks, kind of deal with a volatile government and then the day of my birthday, the student newspaper put an article out basically condemning the student government. And it was kind of an inside regarding one of the student body members, uh, the vice president, who just had a bone to pick with us because we weren't doing things her way. And she had in with the student newspaper, so it was kind of a condemning thing to me. And I was like, I've been here two weeks. This is not my problem. But I got dragged to the mud just like everyone else. I'm going to actually read that article because due to the wonderful nature of technology, we have the archives of all these old Scout articles. So I'm going to actually read you that article now. And it's actually kind of interesting to look back on it, how it kind of parallels to what's going on now, only in kind of an opposite manner. Uh, article says, Student Leadership Failing Students and Their Government. Uh, student Senate this week approved a newer Internal Affairs Committee chairman, for the average student, this means very little. The position oversees, obviously, the internal workings of Senate. Beyond that, the chairman position isn't of much concern to the student body at large. What should concern the student body, though, is that the majority of the student body officers with uh, the VP, the lone dissenter, brought the same unqualified candidate in front of the Senate General Assembly not one, but two times. Two times over two weeks, Senate was forced to vote down a candidate the majority of members never supported in the first place. Appointments to the Senate tend to take no more than 30 minutes to approve. Occasionally it will take longer. But to spend two whole meetings appointing a candidate is nothing less than an outrage. The student body officers are not in charge of Senate. They should be, however, leading it. They should be setting agendas and encouraging senators and their committees to do good work. We're not naming the internal affairs candidate here because this isn't so much about him. This is about three student body officers blatantly ignoring the will of the General Assembly. And that once again proves the problem we've had with the student senatorship all along. And that once again is further evidence as why the Senate has struggled so much to accomplish anything this year. There's a serious lack of leadership, and though the leadership isn't in charge of the body, if, uh, if it isn't, you know, leading the body, it makes for an awfully incapable student government. Week in, week out, we ask, we plead for things to get done, we've done everything but beg the student leadership to step up and do some work. But we've come to terms with the fact that it's not going to happen. There are only a few more weeks left under this administration, and spending two weeks forcing a vote of an unqualified candidate for an internal position has made it crystal clear nothing's going to happen. So here we are again, urging anybody reading this to run for a student body officer position. There are no qualifications to running. Any student is eligible. Elections are in April, and petitions are due soon. Now's the time. There are select few other positions on campus that allow students as much authority with the university administration Senate is on one of the few organizations on campus that allows students to be change agents to further the student body. Student body presidents in years past have accomplished so much for Bradley. Some of them, such as last year's MAP grant battle, is a matter of circumstance. Others, including to some degree Lydia's Lounge, have been because of relentless work. So while we've been disappointed this year, we're excited for the possibility next year brings. So the story behind that was involving, right as I was brought on, there were... 
looking to appoint a internal affairs committee chairman to oversee the committee that was already established and there was there was between basically a new person who happened to be on the committee versus an outside uh, a point like an outside person who has similar experience just not within the student senate as a whole so it was basically someone new versus someone already on the committee and we were pushing for someone new uh, me and the other two student body officers that were for this person because we wanted fresh blood in there and she the vice president was the more vocal candidate wanting to approve this other person and it was basically a three to one vote and it's always a majority decision so she was the most vocal so we couldn't settle it amongst the four of us we had to bring it to the senate and she would put up a fuss so we had to bring it up again so that's kind of the story of that and she was like best friends with the editor-in-chief of the student newspaper so obviously this got kind of smashed and this is kind of funny because this is two weeks after they put an article out about me being the uh new to the student body officers being part of the administration and how I was asking the right questions and how I'm going to be a joy to the Senate and all that. And then two weeks later, I get this kind of this slam defamation piece. So it kind of makes you think that even something as small as a student newspaper and a student body official can get a taste of what's going on a national and international level. So yeah, that was kind of a fun flashback for me. And I was like, oh, false information, fake news. That's kind of interesting so kind of wanted to share that little bit as i kind of jump into today one thing that's also kind of going on that's kind of probably upset the guys over on bruise with dudes and people and great americans out there who enjoy the occasional can of beer and that is involving uh president trump's new uh steel and aluminum tariffs so basically last week, President Trump said he would impose a 25% tariff or tax on steel imports and 10% on aluminum, sparking a big sell-off in stocks. The stock market drop reflected a bigger concern, a possible trade war if other countries hit by the tariffs imposed tariffs in retaliation, sparking a back and forth of rising tariffs that hurt the growth of economies. So here's kind of what it means. So for years, China has been accused of selling steel and aluminum in the U.S. at prices that are below the cost of production. Partly because China has so much capacity, Trump says the practice has cost the U.S. steel industry hundreds of thousands of jobs. Trump won the election by promising blue-collar voters in Midwestern steel-producing states that he would get tough on imports. Now he's making good on that vow. So, can any country slap on tariffs so easily? Normally, the administration presents case to the U.S. International Trade Commission. However, uh, Trump, however, invoked a rarely used provision of the Trade Expansion Act to argue that the steel and aluminum imports pose a national security threat. For example, only one U.S. company now makes the type of aluminum needed for military aircrafts. The revision allows the president to impose unlimited tariffs unilaterally. Critics say the idea that the imports present a national security threat is highly questionable. So why did the stocks plunge? Uh, foreign steel and aluminum makers are little likely to pass along the higher price of the materials to U.S. manufacturers that use the materials, such as makers of cars, planes, boats, soup, and beer. That's further stoking fears of higher inflation that are already making markets jittery. Higher inflation could make the Federal Reserve more likely to raise interest rates. Higher rates make bonds more appealing compared to stocks and discourage borrowing and economic activity, hurting corporate earnings. Alternatively, if companies decide to absorb the higher steel and aluminum costs, 
That would also pinch profits. Other fear a trade war. A trade war happens when other countries affected by tariffs impose tariffs of their own in retaliation, potentially selling off, setting off a battle of escalating tariffs and hobbing, uh, hobbling sorry, economic growth. Already the European Union, Canada, and China have threatened tariffs in response. That wouldn't hurt the make that would hurt the makers of a wide variety of U.S. exports, including beef, corn, pork, cars, and motorcycles. Trump, in turn, said he would then hit European cars with tariffs. Do I have everybody's attention now? Ooh, yeah, the macho neat coming to you live from Studio Me. Studio me, I love it. <laughs> I had to just come up with that on the fly because I was like, Studio me right here, look at the boots, baby. I don't know, I guess Macho would have said something like that because he doesn't give a fuck about anybody else but Macho, you know, he was hey, amazing. doing a podcast, I got you for three minutes. Inside the cage with Bonesaw. Bonesaw. Hell yeah, man. Uh, I was actually talking to Tyler from Podcast Review, and he's like, I think I've only seen Macho Man's eyes like three times ever. He was always wearing sunglasses or aviation goggles. He's not, he's <laughs> not wrong. Yeah, man. But it's like anytime you ever, actually ever saw Randy's eyes, he was always like bulging out of his like skull, you know. It's like, oh, yeah, baby, I'm driving down the highway. Ooh, isn't that how he died on the highway? Yeah. Ooh. Dark. Holy well, shit. I mean, he, I mean, he had a, you know, poor dude had a, he had a heart problem, and then, uh, you know, thankfully, like nobody got hurt, because I want to say they went off the road and into a tree, mm. but it wasn't the wreck that killed him; it was the heart attack. I like how, I'm sorry, I have to say this, but I like how you said nobody got hurt, only Macho got dead. <laughs> oh, like I don't mean. Look, I love Macho Man. That was that was harsh of me, but just the way you said it, it was so funny. If you guys need a little excitement in your life, please sure to check out the Journey to Comics Network over at journeytocomics.com and across uh, podcast services across the globe, including Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, all of that kind of stuff. Just search Journey to Comics Network. That's where you're going to find this show, Journey into Wrestling. Nate, isn't there like a tiny URL? If this is your first time checking out the show, you can go check out tinyurl.com slash journey into wrestling. And you get every single episode. It's on the browser. Of course, you can follow uh, that and get all nine shows that are part of the network feed. And if any of those tickle your fancy, but I mean, today we're going to be talking about some wrestling. Things have been going down. Nate, we're inching ever closer to WrestleMania. We have Fastlane this Sunday. Of course, we're recording this on Tuesday. We don't know what's going to go down on SmackDown tonight. We still only have four matches uh, officially announced. I do assume we're going to be getting some more matches uh, because four matches for a pay-per-view is a, a little light. It It's very light, but, it you know, with the amount of talent they have on SmackDown right now, the amount of people that are in storylines, it is kind of limited. Right now, your women's why, division is kind of yeah. like revolving around Charlotte and Ruby. It's their storyline that is bringing all the ladies in. You know what I'm saying? So it just limits your card ultimately. And that's why going forward with, I believe it is Backlash Payback, whichever one is right after Mania, one of those, uh, that one's going to be the first dual-branded pay-per-view that isn't one of the big four. Extreme Rules? 
Uh, Isn't no, that the I first think... one off off of Mania? No, or are they changing been, it? It's been payback lately. Oh yeah, yeah. That's always in Chicago. But, like, uh, or typically is in Chicago. I should say not always. I think money, I think I think Money in the Bank is back in Chicago this year. Oh, that's fucking awesome. And then they're also doing a takeover in uh, in Chicago that weekend as well. You know, so, Brando. There's something else happening in Chicago. Yeah. I think we should talk about it. Well, I'm all in. Me too. I am also all in. <laughs> I'm so all in that I don't know how all in I'm going to be because the lineup for that card, officially September 1st, 2018, Bullet Club presents all in, almost in Chicago, also train of our existence. I'm so sorry, folks, if you can hear that. She's a loud, rowdy bitch today. Woo! And that's... That's not a. That wasn't a pun towards Rhonda. I promise. That <laughs> God damn it! I feel so a bad. Loud now. rowdy bitch. That's actually kind of. They should coin that. That's a good one. You know. Maybe edit it out. Uh, anyways, Bullet Club is putting on this event. All these names. I mean, obviously the whole Bullet Club's there. So you got Cody, the Young Bucks, Marty, Hangman Page. Uh, Kenny Omega Flip is going to be there uh, I think they said that there's a possibility of this guy who used to wrestle on a Chicago but it's not official yet but the rumor is that Mr. CM Punk may make an appearance or return of some sort who knows but the one that really shocked me and got me because it got my brain spinning Brando and I won't elaborate on where my brain spun because that's a whole different podcast but another name that is going to be at this event Stephen Amell mm. so Cody. yes exactly and yeah, there's supposed right. to be some cool events and shit going on so hopefully September 1st Brando you and I are all in because I think if we can make that happen that's a fucking cool opportunity I think so too. And I, I looked up the date. It is a Saturday. I don't have to work that Saturday, so we can probably make this thing happen. Uh, I want to say that's Labor Day weekend, maybe. Ooh, yes, it is. That would be first so, weekend September. Mm -hmm. So we definitely could try and make that happen. Now, I, I've heard this rumor that they got a really cool sponsor for the event. Did you hear about this? I actually have not heard this. Please tell me. Uh, I'm I'm hearing that they're going to be there in person doing a bit of a uh, bit of a showcase, and you can actually go work out with them. But the guys from from uh, from TDB Yoga is going to be there uh, to really um, uh, to really to really sell you on the product. TBD Yoga to be determined. Remember, remember, do you not? Yes. Do you not I remember that? I thought you were saying that. I wasn't sure because uh, remember I'm partially yeah. deaf, so part of me thought, did he actually say DDP Yoga? Like, is DDP no. going to be there? That would no, be no, no, no. TBD uh, is like yoga is our thing, you know, stretching and shit. Yeah, we're going to stretch and shit. And it's our thing because it's to be determined who all is going to be at All In. And what else is going to happen? I mean, I love this because I really liked Cody when he was in the WWE. As did I. I, I, mean, thought, I thought he was really underutilized. From the time he first debuted to Legacy... And then, you know, on to Stardust and the work he did with his brother. Um, man, did you know that his brother uh, is also like the Oscars? 
because he's a gold statued man. Yeah, and I mean, that's the that's he, the gimmick. Yeah, he also he he also wrestled somebody that was invisible on Raw Monday night. Anyways, dude, so, great <laughs> match. Uh, you know they they always say that Shawn Michaels could wrestle a broomstick and put on a good match. Uh, you know, Goldust wrestled the Invisible Man and put on a one hell of a showcase. He even lost. Yes. <laughs> I mean, losing effort. He and it was a great match. I was actually like, "Wow, this is amazing!" But back to Cody, real quick here. You know, Cody impressed me, and when he left WWE, part of me thought, "Oh, he wants to go and actually do the acting thing." He had appeared in a couple episodes of Arrow at that point, you know, and he's good in front of the camera. You know, I, I he's a believable <laughs> villain in front of the camera, um, and then of course he reemerges. He goes and he's become a Cody the American Nightmare and I love that fucking name it just it's kitschy it's perfect it rolls off the tongue and uh you know I was like man I'm really interested in Cody Rhodes again and then it was like he was tied to the Bullet Club and all this stuff was moving forward he's really what got me into watching Bullet Club stuff you know I like the Young Bucks don't get me wrong I liked them when they debuted back in TNA when I first saw them I think was the first place I saw Matt and Nick, they wrestled in TNA, right? Uh, I feel like they even were, ta- weren't they just the Young Bucks? It might have been, but... Maybe that was I'm after also, you were done watching. Yeah, I tuned out uh, of, of TNA. And I was sporadically watching, just like tuning in here and there, so who I'm knows? I'm looking that up, because oh, sure. uh, I, I know that the Wolves were there, for sure. Uh-huh. Um... Uh, but Young Bucks, I want to say they were there. Maybe. Oh, I, I could spell or type. This would go a lot easier. Yeah, it probably would. <clears throat> yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. They were there. Um, after signing contracts with TNA Wrestling, the Young Bucks made their fourth appearance for Dragon Gate USA in 2010. We're gonna fuck the sodomites in the... Hello and welcome to another episode of Podcastrophy, the show where we really talk about anything and everything. Sometimes it's movies, sometimes it's music. Sometimes, sometimes it's, it's dicks. Dicks. A lot of phalli in this show. So, uh, yeah. So, welcome once again, my co-host Tyler. What's up, y'all? How are you today? Um, I've been pretty. I've been in a pretty bad mood most of the day. Same, Star- same here. Started off really good, and then... You know, I realized I was at work. There's and then, that. And then I got brought back to reality, and then I just got pissed off. So, yeah, you had a pretty pretty awesome start to the day. Yeah, I did. We we woke up around the same time. We did. And you had a much together. better start. <laughs> no, not together. <laughs> I rolled off of you, and we went to work. Yeah. But uh, we, we actually had the same idea, too. Like, my idea was, like, I'm going to leave early and go get McDonald's mm-hmm. and actually have some breakfast. And then I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I, I so didn't. I, ro- I roll up to McDonald's on 26. Super fucking early in the morning. And I'm like, I'm going to get some all this shit. All of it. Because I was fucking hungry. Yeah. 
and uh, I roll up to the intercom, and I'm sitting there, and I sat there for five minutes. Nothing. And then another person pulls up in the other lane, and then we both sit there for an additional five minutes. Because normally I would have driven away at that point, but I was already invested. Yeah. I had already wasted (laughs) five minutes of my life waiting for McDonald's, so I'm sitting there, and then we kind of look at each other, and then we both fucking honk our horns at the same time. And then... Not five seconds later, each of our intercoms fucking blast into life. And the lady on the other side of my intercom goes, Mmm, we only taking cash, mm And that's how she fucking said it. That is 100% how she fucking said it. And I said, all right, fuck off, and I drove away. <laughs> and, of course, Burger King doesn't think, you know, this is civilized. So they don't open at 5 o'clock in the morning. So I went to work, walked all the way down fucking no man's land past body shop to the fucking cafeteria, mm-hmm. get got a shitty fucking bacon McMuffin. It was terrible. I thought about burning Subaru down because I didn't get Is my McDonald's. Cafe in there? Yeah, we yeah, have full yeah. cheese. There's a subway attached to my building, but it's we don't own it. It's just <laughs> in the building. It's just there. You have to go outside though to get to it. Ah oh, shit. I mean. Uh, uh, before we get too far into this, I'd like to introduce my guests, our guests. Our still, guests. I'm, you've been a co-host for like, what, 10, half, 10 half, 15 episodes? and Basically half of Podcastrophy's yeah. life. And like, I... You just pretend I'm not here 90% of the time. I mean, honestly. Yeah. But anyway, so our guest today, you've heard him on Bruise With Dudes quite a few times how many times have you been on there so far like three or four times Ooh, i'd say yeah somewhere closer to three i would think right. uh, four go ahead four. And introduce yourself pal uh hey there my name is uh alan or you may know me as uh aj from bruise with dudes uh how, how are we doing today dick i'm all right i'm good now i'm i'm not at work i've been i've been off work for a good three hours now That's and good. i got a beer in my hand pizza in my stomach i'm and I'm here with you guys. Like well, hey, I'm good to go. Can you really go. consider a little Caesars as pizza, or is it just cheese covered cardboard? Ooh. Shots fired. I love. I, no, no, no. I like cheese covered cardboard. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I'm not too fucking proud to smash a hot and ready right now. I'll throw down. But it is fucking cheese covered cardboard. <laughs> the guy you just talked about waiting ten minutes in line at McDonald's is like, how dare you eat little Caesars? <laughs> like, hey. <laughs> I only eat McDonald's like once every six months, and I was fucking ready today. Yeah, I, I get it. I've recently become a fan of their, their hash brown. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Where were you the last single. fucking 20 uh, years? Avoiding it because it's just one giant one, and I'm... Right, thank so, you. That's not hash brown. No, it's not. And the, when I think of a hash brown, I think, I think back to my, my youth. And Burger King has the best hash browns. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I don't so, care. Delphi, Indiana. Here we go. Used to have a Hardee's for years. We're about to have two of them. Yeah. I'm not, I don't really care anymore, but. Um, I did. So, so Hardee's, we had Hardee's for years. My grandmother was like a manager there, and eventually it shut down. It closed down in like 2000 or something like that. And it sat empty for like seven or eight years and then we got an arby's and that's not even there anymore i don't know why did you know how arby's has breakfast yeah it's really bad so anyway so i i am eating breakfast at hardy's as a child and they have they have the little the little bite-sized hash browns 
and I love those. And then no more Hardys. Years goes by, and I see uh, I see the uh, uh, Burger King breakfast, and they got the hash browns that I like. So I'm I'm checking those out. They're good. McDonald's. We got this giant fucking. Honking. It's a potato cake. Yeah, it's a potato it's cake. A single yes. potato top. Potato top. <laughs> I like the way you said that. Potato top. Hell oh, is that no. not how you guys say it? I, like, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, like I've I got referred to. I had a pizza referred to me as a meat pancake. So what's wrong about that? Nothing. It's a fucking other meat than, pancake. Other than the person that said it's autistic. So is that Cameron? Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Remember I posted. I sent that picture oh, to yeah. my story on Snapchat, and I was and it was just a picture of a Monocle's pizza. The the two the table's still on it. Yeah. And uh, our uh, the get one of our I call those spaceships. They're they're tiny tables. Oh yeah, the little pizza, table. pizza tables. Yeah. Um, but Cameron, who's been a guest on the show, he was on last week. Uh, he he replied to it. He said, "This boy straight up put tiny tables on his meat pancake." <laughs> I still got the screenshot, I think. But uh, I was just like, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> Who says that kind of shit? Which is like one of the inspirations for me wanting him on the show. And then he totally bombs the show every time he's on. Yeah, normally I would say he's a high-functioning autistic, but he really pissed me off today. So I would just say he's retarded. <laughs> yes. We're all nice here at podcast. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> we're, we're the nicest bunch of dicks you ever met. This is the... Dick Sanctum. The, yeah. The, dumb of the Sanctum of Dick. The Sanctum of Dick. Speaking of dicks, uh, we got one in here that smashes them in cars, and his name is Keegan. How you doing? Pretty good. Yeah? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm really glad I got you guys on my show. We Our have show. a nice menagerie yeah. of people today. Yes, we really do. Uh, I, I, sent, I sent out a call, a call to arms on Facebook today. An SOS. Because, yeah. Cause, yeah. Um, I saw that. Yeah. I was at work on my lunch break, so I'm like, I'm going to waste time on Facebook, like I do every day. Mm-hmm. And I got on there, and it was just, you were, like, tagging me in something, and, and saw that what Aaron had liked it, I'm just like, oh, he man. He doesn't do this. I had, like, more than three notifications, so I panicked. I'm like, shit, something's going down. <laughs> and it was this, and I was like, oh, all right, I, yeah. I told you there'd be Bukaki. You're like, what's this? And I'm like, lots of bukkake. We were Dick's bukkake police. I was, the, I was thinking ago. about not coming, but then when you clarified, I was like, all right. I was like, okay. You do a little bukkake, but like, I don't not... want to be involved with like a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of messy. If, if anything, all the bukkake's towards me. Okay. It's yeah, I wasn't sure me. if it was like us on you or like no, it's, anyone it's, who enters. It's really just it. me. It's okay. a bukkake maelstrom. <laughs> Yeah, awesome. everyone's involved. I'm just thinking, I just washed my hair this morning. I usually do it every three days, and I didn't want to have to wash it again tonight or tomorrow. <laughs> like, it would just tomorrow, be too much work. Tomorrow but, is still an option. I mean, I probably you know sleep through it, like whatever. <laughs> right, but like before I have to go to work tomorrow, I would have to wash that out. That's so sometime fair. between tonight and tomorrow. That that's fair. That's fair. Uh, so uh, I got a message this weekend from Aaron. Yeah. Did he tell you about his podcast? Yes. I didn't know he had he, one. That's what he messaged me I was like, me why about. does everyone have he, a podcast? He's here, he's here in the, in the oh, chat feed, good. too, so this will be good. Uh, I uh, love, his podcast sucks. I love what he said to me, though. <laughs> he starts out, hey, what's up, dick? <laughs> Wasn't it? Wait, was this recently? Like, yes, this was he, Sunday. Okay, because he made it sound like a while ago. This was Sunday night. This. He goes, hey, what's up, dick? And this touched my heart. This next sentence touched my heart. 
So you're the podcast king in Lafayette. Ooh. Huh. Aww. Suck up. Podcast king. Take that, everyone else that I don't know is making podcasts in Lafayette. That means I'm the hand of the king. Yeah, you are the hand of the king. Somebody asked me. The oh, hand, yeah, Nick. Hand hand wipes. Oh no, no. Yeah, it was Nick Maxson. He's like, can I? I'll I call hand of the king. I was like, sorry, Tyler's got that, but you're you're definitely on my small council. Um, so it's me and a couple of pals have been doing a podcast called The Rock Block about Dwayne the Rock Johnson with a very small audience. Ha ha. <laughs> Yeah, he didn't even tell me about it. What? Really, it's probably him what's, and his roommate. What's your thoughts on doing some cross-promo sometime? I said, hey, I am down. How he would you like did. to do such cross-promo? He waits two days before messaging me back. Oh, man. He's Busted. putting together like a full oh, business plan. There's fucking charts There's a and lot pie more. graphs. He's like, shit, I didn't think he'd respond. There's a bunch more to this message, but I'm just going to read the front, the first sentence. Haha, ha, I definitely got too drunk and forgot to follow up on this. Ooh, yeah, that might have been... Oh, wow. He was telling me about drinking lots of hams and then finding out because they were tall boys. <laughs> Ooh. That's more 12, so he set a new record. Ah, shit. But then it reminded him that he had a song he'd been working on about... I don't know, I don't know how much I'm allowed to say. Hams rot. Good luck. Detroit Almost Human or Becoming Human, my bad, has a release date confirmed. Hard date. May 25. May, May 25th. I'm excited because I do like the Quantum Dream games. Of course, uh, uh, Indigo Prophecy on the PS2 and Xbox. Uh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to kick your foot. Kicking me for it. Uh, Fahrenheit is what like that game either. is called in Euro, uh, <laughs> over in, in the Eurozone, the Europe's. And then of course they also did Heavy Rain and then also right. Beyond Two Souls. Loved all those games. And then I'm excited because the whole demo thing that they showed recently, where you're like you like they almost showed like the first act where the dude was reconstructing the 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 crime scene and then had to talk the dude down. Right. I love that cinematic type gameplay. It reminds me of the old like adventure games. Right. You know? So I love that kind of stuff. I, I get sucked into that really bad. Like that's why I, I also like the, like 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 the good Telltale games, right? Like when they have a good story and they suck me in, like the Game of Thrones, Batman, like The Walking Dead season one at least. That's what I played. Man, I'm like next, next, next. I, especially you can't stop. Especially when they end the chapter and you're just like, damn it. But yeah, I'm excited because, you know, with the delay of Red Dead. There's probably going to be a like a window, a gap, because I haven't committed to buying God of War. I kind of do, but at the same time, it's like I might do what I kind of did with Blaine. Blaine will buy God of War. He will. We both know he will. Mm -hmm. So one day when he's like, "Oh, I'm not really playing it," I'm gonna be like, "All right, let's see what you got." Mm -hmm. That's what he did with Monster Hunter, and here I am, 103 hours deep, right? And I'm still. Loving it. I I want to get it, but at the same point, it's like I haven't been buying a lot of games. I bought more music. I'm actually pretty satisfied with my music selection with my vinyl. There's only a few things that I'm like really wanting to get, and I'm just taking the sit back and wait. Especially after finding out that three of the records that are going to be hard to get and expensive for me, yeah, are hopefully going to be reissued 
within the next couple of years, I can wait and get those at 25 bucks a piece. Yeah, you, you can't know. beat that. So it's like I'm not going to pay $100 for Glorious Burden, guys. I'm not going to do it. Um, and then, of course, one of my other albums that I really want, that's a little more expensive. I, I don't know if it's 100 but that one, if I ever find it, I might pull the trigger on it. Right. But And then I also want to I want to slowly collect the Metallica stuff because I got Metallica tickets. Yes. I got a Metallica ticket. I was going to say, tickets, who else is going with you? Nobody's going with well, me. Well, somebody is going with you, but not with you. Yeah, no. Uh, so um, Metallica's playing down in Indy. Uh, I missed him up in Chicago in June. I wanted to go, but couldn't get the day off. And the ticket was like 75 for Nosebleed in Soldier Field. Yeah. In Chicago, which my my thing is, is that in Indy, they're going to be at Banker's Life. Uh, and it's gonna that's a smaller venue than yes. Soldier Field. Soldier Field's open, so the sound's going up. Yeah. You know, it's like, you'll be able to hear it, but, like, I don't want to be on the nosebleed. Yeah. Um, basically, the amount that I paid for my ticket is my max of what I would pay for a ticket. Right. Anywhere. When, when I went and saw Iced Earth with Nate, I bought both our tickets. He paid me back for his ticket. Right. But I also paid for the VIP upgrade. In total, uh, the uh, so the tickets were... Like with the processing fee, thirty something dollars. The VIP plus the processing fee was like eighty something dollars. Right. So I spent more than what I spent on one ticket for Metallica. But also look at the bands. Yes. This is Metallica. They've kind of earned the right to charge whatever the fuck they want for a ticket. Yeah. Uh, when yeah. when you sold over a hundred million records and more than a third of that is one album. Yeah, that album still smell uh, smells. That, uh, it's well, how stinky. Does it smell? It's stinky. Uh, that album still sells over a million copies a year. It's crazy. Like some, most people can't even get that with newer stuff coming out, and some people never reach that for an album. And they have an album, one million every year. It's been triple certified diamond. Triple certified diamond. Diamonds like ten million records. It's, it's the gift that keeps on giving. That's, of course, the Black Album. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, y- y- a lot of their records have gone over a million. Think about it. They have over 100 million sold, and uh, over 33, 34, 35 million of those are just the Black, Black. Album. Okay. And then all the other ones combined equal right. the rest of that. So they, they, they still sell. The other albums still sell tremendously well. But that one's like the icing on the cake. Yeah. You know. Whenever they come out with a new album, number one. Oh, I believe it. It's it's instantly number one. It always sells. Even Saint Anger did the same thing. I like Saint Anger. It's a mood thing for me. I like it, but I can't like go up. I can't. I'm not in the mood for it now. Right. If sometimes if it comes up randomly, and I'm digging it, I can listen to the whole thing. Uh, or if I watch their documentary they made around that time. Yeah. Then I'm then I'm really in the mood for it. I'm like, all right, let's jam to this shit. Um. But like uh, to me, that's to me. It's not their worst record, but it's also one of their most unlistenable because of the sound. The sound, like I gotta be in the mood for it. Yeah, um, I can see that. But I, I want to get all the Metallica. Huh? I said I could hear that. Yeah, um, yeah. I do want to get all the Metallica records. Uh, slowly but surely, I have Kill 'Em All, Master Puppets, Death Magnetic, and Hardwired. 
Right. So I have four. Oh, and then I have that Creeping Death single that I found. That yes. awesome picture. Yes. Disc. That um, looks awesome. I was going to get Ride the Lightning for 10 bucks, and then it was sold out. So I'll get it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in no hurry. Um, Justice is getting a re-release this year. So there's that. I, I can go get it right now, the older one, if I wanted to. It's it's a new, it's brand new, but it's like a 2014 pressing. So, and I can get the black album of that as well. Load and reload are a little bit more expensive, approaching the forty dollar mark. And then Garage Inc is over fifty. Yeah. And then of course I would want S and M, and then I I will get Saint Anger, but I'm a cheap dude, and uh, I try to get them as cheap as I can when I can. So I'm 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 not I'm in no big hurry because I have access to this music. It, the, buying the vinyl for me is uh, listening to it when I'm at home. Hearing the difference in the sound sometimes is like makes you want to like. I like this more because of how much better right. it sounds. One of the Ice Earth albums that I got, I love the record. Sure, I like all their stuff, but that one's almost a mood thing for me. It's like when it came out, it didn't hit me right away. It took a long time for me to wax. And then sometimes I, that's the same thing. Shuffle and shuffle. Okay, I'll listen to this record now. After like, it, it, but I don't listen to it all the time. It's not my go-to. But I, I put it on my vinyl. And I was sat there and listened to the first whole side and went, this sounds amazing. <laughs> this is, sounds amazing. Like, because it, 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 the way it was mixed, it was the way that the 180 gram black sounds. And I'm just sitting there on the arm of my futon in front of my speakers going. Where am I right now? Well, because I was actually just going to listen to like a, little, like a little bit, maybe put on something else, just hear what it sounded like. And I sat there for the whole first side. Didn't move. And sounds badass. We got some more gaming news. Yeah, let's get back into gaming. Um, IGN. We'll, we'll go to our good pals over at IGN. Oh, hello, IGN. If the app will open. So, uh, Mine open. Sony is restructuring to focus more on first-party games. Sony Interactive Entertainment as has announced its intention to restructure at the start of April to focus on creating attractive and powerful first-party titles. In a press release today, the company explained that the restructure will allow it to remain competitive and deliver on its commitment to make PlayStation the best place to play. The announcement comes less than six months after Microsoft shared their plans to invest in studios to make more first-party games. Of course, they keep canceling theirs. Yes. Uh, as of April 1st, Sean Layden, the chairman of Worldwide Studios, the president and president of Sony Inter- Interactive Entertainment, will concentrate his focus on Worldwide Studios uh, c- continuing to provide platform-defining content that helps drive the growth of SIE. Uh, the sales and marketing divisions within Sony Interactive Entertainment America, Sony Interactive Sony Inter- Interactive Entertainment Europe, and Sony Interactive Entertainment Japan Asia will report to Jim Ryan, Deputy President and Head of Global Sales and Marketing SIE. Ryan will also oversee the different regional branches along with John Codera, who is president and CEO at SIE. Both will assume the role of executive in charge of regions, with Ryan responsible for Europe and Codera responsible for Americans and Japan Asia. Huh. So basically, that's a lot of jargon. But what, is, what they're saying is that we're, you know, PlayStation has kind of assumed the role of the Xbox 360 did where they had some and then they kind of like fizzled out and they just kind of relied on third party. Right. They do have first party content. 
They do. Unlike how the 360 faded away and all you had were Halo and Fable and Gears. Yeah. Um, now, you know, we got the new God of War coming out. They've already played the Uncharted card. And that game was fucking fantastic. Right. You know, uh, so that to me, that was the first big Sony first party hit that came in and really set their first party stuff. Said, this is what we can do on the PS4. And it's like, yes. Right. You know, before that, we had a couple of misses. We had a couple of, eh, all right, cool. But not anything like earth shattering. Right. But now we've got some stuff coming out this year. Uh, God of War, I think, is going to be pretty damn good because it's going to. I think the thing with God of War, the reason why it's attractive, is that it's the first one. It's the same uh, character. It's this. It's that same mythos, but now they've changed the game style. Right, and that's where you you risk it. You could either completely lose it, or you can create something entirely new uh, for that kind of series and say, "Here's God of War, but like this." Right. And that's where you can bring a whole new slew of people in. You're listening to the Voice of Survival Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Nate Phillips. This is the first time that they said, hey... You're going to be the vocalist. You're going to be the lead vocalist. You are the guy. You are the front man. And I, I had never done that before. So I was, I was nervous, excited, you know, everything. And I was especially excited because, like, these are guys that have a history in the local scene. You know, Auden was huge. Um, Josh, Josh was in a band, uh, and he's going to be pissed that I'm blanking on the name of his band. He was in, like, a, a deathcore band almost. Uh, that was huge. Uh, Cutaway Blue was huge in the scene back in the day. And so, like, we, we all grew up in the scene together, and now we were kind of like a super group of the Northwest Indiana scene, you know? Oh, that's it, awesome. It was, just, it was really cool exciting to get to be a part of that. You know, these guys are all great musicians, and, and I, I got to jump in on it. So... You guys just get right down to writing on songs and working on music. How long before your first show, you know, how long did you guys give yourselves? So, so I guess the way this band started before I was in it was uh, Josh, Andrew, and Jack were in a band previously called Still Lives. Um, and while they're playing in Still Lives, Josh is thinking to himself, you know, I've always wanted to play in a pop punk band and, and uh, he's a big Blink-182 fan. He's got a Blink-182 tattoo and, um, you know, big Newfound Glory fan. And, and Andrew is too. And, you know, Jack's just, you know, into whatever we throw at him. So Josh starts writing. And when Still Lives breaks up, Josh starts writing this pop punk stuff. And he gets a hold of his buddy who runs the studio in, uh, in Crown Point and uh, starts tracking his guitar parts. And, and Jack goes in and tracks, and Andrew goes in and tracks. And just three of them record two songs together. Or was it three songs? I don't, I'm, I'm not sure. I think at first they only sent me two songs to try out. You know, So they already had a couple of songs written and recorded, and I came in to practice with them and you know, showed them what I could do. And we started writing lyrics on top of it. And they're like, all right, you're our guy. Let's do this. So I went into the studio. We tracked 
these three songs at this point, it's three songs, um, which ended up becoming our first EP, Our Youth Is Faded. Uh, and our first show, let's see, I get in the band in, I think, February of 2016. Our first show is in May of 2016. Oh, nice. So we, we, we write and practice and write and practice, and we have our EP release show at the Silver Bullet in Crown Point with uh, some of our best friends, uh, Oceans Over Airplane and Low Country. And we had a blast, and uh, that just kicked things off. It got things going on the right foot, and, you know, we've just been, uh, you know, we played a bunch of shows that, I, I wouldn't say a bunch of shows, we played about a show a month or so after that. Um, but we play at Royal Skate and Apparel in Lansing. We play it. Uh, but, well, I, I, I think, let's see, that Atari show at Big Shot, that was in August of 2016. Yes, it and was. That, that was, I, I want to say, our fourth show. Wow. So, uh, and then we, we, you know, like I said, we tried to keep up that pace and that, you know, one show a month as, as often as we could do. Um, but we got, we got kind of a big kick in the balls at that point then because uh, uh, I had to move to Louisiana to, to work uh, in September of 2016. And so, you know, we went through this idea of, uh, you know, we, we got a, a guy to replace me for a few shows while I was gone. And um, and meanwhile, we're trying to write and record this second EP while I'm in Louisiana. And God, that thing took forever. Uh, we, I think we started recording in October of 2016 and didn't finish it until the week before our EP release show in April 2017. Yeah, but considering oh. you were in Louisiana and also working, that's still pretty impressive. I mean, it was that was a that was a struggle. Uh, that was probably the biggest struggle we had to this point was when I was in Louisiana because you know at first when I was leaving, I told the guys I was like, you know, just go ahead and replace me. You know, I don't know when I'll be back, and I don't want to keep you guys hanging. And they're like, well, no, we want you to be our singer, so we'll just do this temporary thing, and you know it. So they got our buddy Frank, who's the singer for Low Country, filled in for me while I was gone. And then uh, Steven from from their previous band, Still Lives, also filled in for me while I was gone. I mean, we made it work out, but it was a struggle. Um, we played a couple of good shows, like on my weekends home from Louisiana. We'd, we'd catch a show here and there. And, um, and then we released our EP in May. I came home in June. And then we tried cramming shows, 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 shows. And then the next step is uh, Josh, our, our guitarist, the one who kind of started this whole thing. Uh, he goes to Hawaii for a month to visit a buddy. And then when he comes home from Hawaii, actually the day he came home from Hawaii, we played a show at Franklin House in, in Valpo. And that's when Josh tells us, oh, I'm moving to Hawaii now. <laughs> Oh wow! Uh, yeah. So we've we've been trying to savor these last few months with them as much as we could. Um, so you know we've been trying to get as many shows in as we could, so we can enjoy him being here while he's still here. Yeah, um, man, that's that's intense. All of a sudden, shit. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's uh like you said, we we've been through a lot together as a band, you know. And at, at this point, these guys are like they're they're my best friends, you know. I they're 
They're the guys I hang with. They're the guys I, I, and I mean, I have, I have kids at home, so I, I don't get to go out and do a lot of hanging anyway, but when I'm hanging, it's just with them at practice or something, you know? You know, and actually let's go back to that. Cause you said you have kids yeah. at home and you got a family at home actually. Yeah, so let's yes, do. where does you, we you know in all this music stuff you didn't you know you didn't slip in that you have the misses and all <laughs> all of a sudden there's a, a couple kiddos running around but uh okay. let, let's build into that now where did you meet your wife how does this all start I mean, i'm very interested so uh oh, let's see where to start well so my wife uh, who I just got married to in January, actually. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Um, we actually met 10 years ago. Uh, we both worked together at Pizza Hut. Um, but at the time, I was engaged to somebody else. So we were just friends. Um, and, you know, after Pizza Hut, she went on and she she was dating someone else and I actually got married. Um, and I, I was married for seven years. Wow. Uh, yeah. And I, I had, uh, two kids with my ex-wife, uh, my, my son, Mark, who is going to be eight this year. And my daughter, Olivia, this turned four in January. Uh, meanwhile, Ashley, my, my wife, uh, she, she got, married and had a kid with her ex uh her daughter scarlet is going to be four actually next monday oh excellent uh, yeah and then uh you know things just kind of worked themselves out i i she got divorced i got divorced and uh we decided to you know we wanted to be together which was something that was kind of like a long time coming anyway like we were really interested in each other when we were working together. But like I said, I was, I was engaged at the time. And, uh, you know, she was, <laughs> she was only, she was too young for me back then. Anyway, I was 22 and she was still in high school. So I never went after her then. Uh, I probably should have now because, you know, we're married now. Well, but, but your uh, kids, man, things would be so different. I know, I, I know for sure. And I, 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 my kids are the only reason I don't regret the way things go, you know, at this point. Totally. I, I, would do, I, I wouldn't trade my kids for anything. I've got, I've got amazing kids. Oh, that's uh, excellent. It's time for Brews with Dudes. Ah, juicy. Just, I don't know, just like it's, where is there even a place for furries other than a furry community? You know what I mean? Because, mm. I mean, nobody else really like, I mean, maybe they just tolerate it, but I don't feel like <laughs> anybody really accepts it. So what, what exactly are furries again? Furries are people who dress up as like anime animals or just like in okay. a furry animal suit. That's where the whole furry thing is. Uh... Sure. And they And they get kind of really extreme with it and will oh. have... I, I, I get where you, I they pick will, it up what you're putting down. They'll fuck like animals. They will fuck like literally animals in like their animals. costumes. Okay, but like what we're talking about here is like I'll take it to ten. Yeah, there's some, some of them are rabbits. I'll take it to eleven. They like they I'll dress up in like they'll be like a dog or a cat, maybe a wolf or something like that, and it's just super. 
it's just I don't know. It's super crazy. But uh, the thing that like I don't I just don't get is like I mean I I don't know. I feel like it's just a hobby like anything else. Because do you know how much they spend on their costumes? We're talking like upwards of thousands of dollars. Oh jeez. For like real like oh look at this. It's like authentic thing. I can make the mouth on my wolf mask move. That's intense stuff. Yeah, it's insane. And they have like, and they build their like own personas too. It's almost like a completely different personality because they'll be like, "Oh, my name is Shadow Reaver X, and I was <laughs> oh, born in the fucking Christ. Shadow Reaver blah, X blah, underscore one nine three two. Look me up on my YouTube channel. Also, on my YouTube small channel. X capital X. <laughs> yes, <laughs> small X capital X. That, that's the, the that, that's bringing back the MySpace thing. days. Oh, oh shit! Oh god, I remember. Uh, I'm also. Laughing at Jess over here trying to open this jar of salsa. She she was so kind as to bring in uh, this really awesome dip and some chips, and I saw it and I'm like I'm like please. I was, I was mouthing to her. I'm like get it out of here because people are gonna start eating it and you're gonna hear just a. <laughs> so she puts the chip in her mouth and I, I start giving her the frantic looks like don't do it don't chew. So she runs across. She runs through two rooms to go chew in the other room. <laughs> I could hear the crunch. I could hear the crunch. So and you know, of... here on Brews with Dudes, we like to, you know, be as professional and <laughs> w- w- as possible. We're complete gentlemen. Absolutely. Like, we never cross the line. We. Well, then I'm really confused what the fuck I'm doing here. <laughs> I mean, we're just having a, a casual well, conversation about furries, honestly. Yeah, we're having a yeah, casual conversation. Very professional. Something yeah. you could bring yeah. up around And while you're having a conversation with furries, I'm trying to give just the hand signal of whatever. Uh, International hand signal is for open hey, the dip. open that jar of salsa. <laughs> he did a terrible job. None of us knew what the fuck he was talking about. We're like, dude, what? Dude, what are you what? doing? Just kind of like what? sitting here with his hand like. But I have a mic playing air guitar. Turn it off, and I don't want to drop it in my lap. Yeah, you were like, that. you were just pointing at a counter with. I can see twenty things on top on that counter right now. It's like uh, I, I, I thought you were talking about the jelly. There's strawberry sense. jelly over no, there. I'm literally, like, couldn't have been anything. I'm like, what, what do you want? What do you need the jelly like for? Lipstick? You want that he lipstick? He starts fish. talking. He starts talking about furries, and he's like, "Hey, bring that strawberry jam over here." I'm like, dude, <laughs> things just got weird. You know how you know how well that actually goes with furries? Strawberry okay, jam. That's why I I made the joke. I said it. I said it. I was like, man, I'm gonna jam that strawberry. Okay, so the next beer, the final (laughs) beer. Into oblivion. Now that this has had time to breathe. Yes, we've got the final beer of the night. This is not only Dark Horse, but it's a collaboration with Three Floyds. Wow. This is a black barley wine coming in at 11%. It is the oil of gladness. I think I've had this before. That would be crazy if you did. I had it down at Chumlin's. Sounds like an item you have to pick up in D and D. I need probably... you to go. I need you to go to the dungeon of Xanthul and pick up the oil of gladness. Dude, that sounds like a, a story you need to write. I'm absolutely now. We're Cheers, gonna... boys. Pinky's out. My dexterity mm. increased mm. to thirty-four. Ooh. No, I'm just kidding. It's really. That's full. Yeah. Yes. That's a Very lot to full. unload. That's hearty. Ooh, I can I can taste that barley wine in it. That is good. Oh, my goodness. All of these are so smooth, yet they're so fucking beefy. They're dangerous drinks. Dark Horse beefy. I love it. Dangerous I love it. Beefy, beefy. If, uh, if you guys are feeling up to it, because I don't know exactly how much more time we have to kill and stuff, but I did bring two of my favorite beers with me. We could also crack one of those open to try. Polishing that pole off. Only if Let's you guys want to. You did, but I'm we've, down. we've had those beers on before. Uh, the, the second game? one? All of them. The... 
We've had Domicine. Oh, I don't remember that. And then we yeah. had you guys had Alpha King. And, as well. Okay, yeah, we had Alpha King. I would admit, really early. We, with... I, I don't think we've done Alpha King, but I feel like Alpha King is one that we we've... we've all drank it. We've all yeah. drank but, it. But yeah. the people in Ireland not might not have our listeners, our Irish listeners. I'm sorry about I mean, the accent. We're, we're still running pretty short. From? We could we could do some more. But we've got such a good thing going on. This is we a whole, do. It was a Dark Horse episode. It is a good Dark Horse episode. We could have I a bet bonus have a, round, a cool down. I bet we could. We could do Alpha King. Have I mean, a cool, you don't have to. Cool I'm down for whatever. Dark Horse bomber somewhere hidden away that you could bust out. No, for. I went and pulled them. I went. I went and pulled them out. I pulled the oil of gladness out of my stash, and these three were ones that uh, Tex had given me for Christmas. Mm. That's a good thing about all these beers is they could sit forever because they're just beefy ass motherfuckers. You know Black what? Night. If we. When we decide to do a very super special episode, I still have five beers from the Barrel Massacre. Oh, I just found all mine, too. After this, we're going to go look at them. I I was was putting something in my closet, and I found a bag with seven bombers. Holy shit. Oh, my God. Because I think my sister came with us. Yeah, and and she she didn't take wanted. I think she wanted two of her six. So I got my six and her two, and then we drank one. So... Wow. Oh, yeah. We drank that, that Russian we Imperial did. out We've of not it. done... We didn't have Bruce with Dudes when we did that. No, we didn't. We could do a whole episode of... Of just that Barrel, Barrel Massacre. Massacre Bombers. Damn. Oh, man. Jesus Christ. That sounds like we should do, like, a tight knit and just get fucking smashed. This this is going to sound like a really dumb question, possibly, to all of you experienced beer drinkers out there. But are there certain beers that are better when you drink them, like... You know, you can store yes. them away, and uh, absolutely yes. Not. Let me let me go ahead and answer before you finish your question because I know what you're asking. Uh, yes, there are beers that are better to drink early, and there are beers that you can hold back and cellar, as it's called, that'll make your beers even better the longer it's aged in a cool, mm. dark, controlled temperature area. Like there I are wouldn't beers. Necessarily actually, say, it doesn't always get better per se, but. but it, Sometimes aging it does bring out different like more different flavors, flavors and, and stuff, hues but. and stuff. But there, are, we've actually had beer on brews with dudes that I brought around called a uh, from Stone Brewery called their Enjoy By series, yeah. which is actually fresh hop brewed only, and it's only good for a set time. And it's the last one was Enjoy By twelve twenty five seventeen, which was one that you're supposed to enjoy by Christmas. But yeah. later than that, it's when it's going to start turning and going bad yeah and the earlier you get it the fresher and more flavorful it is i if somebody listening knows exactly what it is about beer that makes it to where they'll you know some like uh, i'm trying to think a gumball head if you keep gumball head for a couple months mm. it's not going to be very good it's going to get you can keep bad. any one of these for any amount of time and it'll still be good so anybody out there listening if you know what it is without just googling you should comment and let us know. We'd like to know what is it about? Because, like, I mean, IPAs. Yeah. You want to drink IPAs fast. Yeah, you want to drink them early. You want to drink those fast. But what but is a lot it of about... it is about the like uh, like the stouts and the porters. They actually have more of that maltiness and that more of that uh, side that can sit there why? and take a little longer. I don't know why. That's what we're asking. But That's what we're trying to find out. It also reminds me of the. Uh, Back in like the seventies and stuff, where Budweiser was notorious for having 
dank beer, skank beer. That's bad beer. Like you'd be able to go to the store, pick it up, and like you'd open it up and you'd be like, oh man, this is so shitty. And you'd return it so much. Mm-hmm. Which is, if you're old enough to remember, when Budweiser came out by that born on date on their bottles and cans, like it that came out in. I want to say the early 90s, they came out with the advertisement, the born on date as like, it's this, you can guarantee freshness, but it was to guarantee that their distributors and their warehouses actually shipped the beer out before it went skank. And they tried to sell it to the customers to help prevent their name being drug in the mud even more because they were distributing bad beer before it was even you know, on the shelves, they were like, they were having beer go bad and then it getting sent to the liquor stores and everywhere. And it was bad before the customer could get to it. It was just bad all around. But, and that's where, uh, everybody has the, that's where a lot of people get that feel where you have that, that gut rot feel, that Budweiser, that butt wiper, that shit wiser, all that stuff. All that good stuff. Yeah, because that's where that comes from, because it was notorious for being a skanky, bad, turned beer for so long because they were so bad about their distributing and getting it out of their warehouses. Which, let's go ahead and clarify, Budweiser, I've not had, like, a good Budweiser ever. Right off the bat, I realized that the Dursleys didn't rehearse for the Masons, and I think that could have been funny to see, honestly, because um, they, they're they all, like, in the room and, like, okay, so you head over to the door and open it and welcome them into our home, and Dudley's all like, let me take your coat, Mr. Mason. Here's my arm, Mrs. Mason. Like, I think that would have been funny to see them, like, freaking out like that. Right. Like, it was such <laughs> a big deal. <laughs> like, this is the perfect opportunity for my business. Yeah, exactly. Must be I think perfect. I think adding that to the movie would have made it just like more, you know, more. <laughs> it would have shown how how important this dinner was, right? How extra the Dursleys <laughs> are. <laughs> Basically. <clears throat> there we there we are. We're showing how sick we are already. <laughs> Um, so one of the big things in the beginning that um, really doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, um, but in the movie, Dobby is jumping on Harry's bed when Harry walks into the room, and in the book, he's just sitting there quietly. Mm-hmm. It bothers me in the movie because Dobby is so, I mean, think about how much he like hits himself every time he does something wrong. Do we really think that he's going to be jumping on the bed like a fucking child? And no. not punish himself. I mean, him sitting <laughs> quietly on the bed is way more accurate. And I'm pretty sure someone would have heard Dobby jumping on the bed downstairs. No kidding. It was creaking pretty intensely, too. Yeah. It's like, and he was, ha, ha. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's the best Dobby impersonation I've got. <laughs> that was a pretty good one. <laughs> But not only that, like, Harry was also being super loud while talking to Dobby. Like, in the book, I'm pretty sure he's like, Dobby, and he's like, you know, whispering and all that. And, like, they were basically yell-talking. Like, he's like, 
What are you doing here? Like, Kish. Chill the fuck out, Harry. <laughs> Use your inside voice. Exactly. He was not at all. <laughs> I also noticed that Hedwig didn't screech while the Masons were there, which, I mean, she should have because Dobby was making quite a racket. Right. <laughs> that was just the uh, cat. <laughs> so. <laughs> Sorry. This is just gonna be the Coffin Potter episode, I think. There you go. That's a horrible name. I'm not using that. <laughs> but we don't get to hear Dobby um, disasperating in the movie. Oh, wait. Yeah, the loud. Disasperating? Oh, God. <laughs> I'm never gonna be able to say that word. But when he disappears, we don't get the loud crack that we no. do. In the book. It's just, mm-hmm. eh, I guess I'm gone. And he just kind of slowly disappears. Oof. Yeah. And the cake also gets all over Harry in the movie and in the... Or, gosh, dang it. I have every... I haven't looked at my notes in a while. I am so sorry. <laughs> but in the book, the cake gets all over Harry when it drops. But in the movie, they did it right over Mrs. Mason's head. Yeah. And I think it's just Which... for more a dramatic effect or something. But mm-hmm. it just spills on the floor, doesn't it? In the book, <laughs> just I think so. It just falls, right? Yeah. Like it's. And then there's the loud crack from Dobby, and everyone's just, "What the fuck was that?" <laughs> yeah, and there it goes from there. <laughs> also, doesn't Harry seem kind of dumb in that scene? Like, oh, the cake is floating towards the Masons. Let me follow it, stretching out my hands to make it look like I'm the one doing it. Like, movie Harry is quite dumb sometimes honestly if it was me i would have turned around and hightailed it out of the room but you know no no following it with your hands stretched out is 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 a good idea ever so slowly because you're never gonna catch up to this fucking cake moving like a turtle (laughs) you're in gryffindor move a little faster he might have had a better chance if he lunged for it you know right oh god so no matter what you know, this there's magical events that are happening in their house, but Harry doesn't get his decree for underage sorcery in the movie. Like, he doesn't get that letter where he violated it. Right. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> <laughs> I That completely passed over. Yeah, I wonder why not, though, because that really shows that they're not allowed to do it. Yeah. So I think that that sets, like, the whole tone for, like, the rest of the movies while he's at home. Yeah. yeah we don't really see him a whole lot at home, but... <laughs> no. Because we just... No, that's true. In the movies, we always skip over, uh, August. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. We do. There's no such thing as August in the movies. So moving on to when the boys picked Harry up. So the trunk and all his belongings in the movie were in his room. So the twins didn't need to, like, pick any locks or show off their skills, like you brought up last time. Yeah, like, we don't get to see them pick locks and everything. And we also don't get to see that how the Dursleys are still how they were before, like, no magic. We don't want this in the house. It's going to be locked away in a cupboard all summer. Yeah. Like, yeah, movies, I found that a little just, weird. Yeah, in the movie, they're allowed to have it. Chill. <laughs> yeah, you can have your broom and everything in here it's cool <laughs> yeah what else 
when the boys get back in the um, movies, Molly doesn't seem nearly as pissed about the whole stealing the car, going out all hours of the night thing. When they get back from picking up Harry, she doesn't make them denome the garden or anything. And when she's telling Arthur about it, like, oh, guess what your sons did? She's, like, smiling like an idiot. Like, I would not be smiling. My face would be, like, pure rage. She's just like, oh, did you see what the, hear what the boys did? Like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> your Molly impersonation. And no one can see your hand movements, but this, I can just imagine Molly with some sort of... I would say cigarette, but you know, a blunt would be better. And just. I think that's how my hands really kind of work. Like... <laughs> it's a very new perspective thought on Molly, but. <laughs> I, I dig it. But yeah, we don't get to see the goddamn denoming scene that we get to see in the book. The most exciting thing about wizarding gardening <laughs> is fucking denoming. You get to just toss something. Like, what if you're having a bad day? You just want to take your rage out on something? Go denome the garden. That would be the best. Yeah, muggle life, it's go pull that fucking weed. Like, that's just not as fun. <laughs> you don't get to, like, throw little beings over a fence and into a field. Right? Like, have a wood chipper on the other side. No, just... <laughs> That was too mean. That was so... I don't mean it. Mostly, I don't For know. For all those I don't gnomes. Know. I don't know. But yeah, we don't get to see that in the movie, and I think that's bullshit. <laughs> I would have loved to see what those little things would look like. It'd be fun. <clears throat> okay, so... I can't remember all that was different from when the flu powder part... Man, this whole sickness is really getting to me. I'm sorry if I'm really lagging. I just kind of zoned out for a second. Um, (laughs) Okay, so Harry, after he did the whole flu powder thing, he ended up in Nocturne Alley, right? But in the movie, he didn't see Draco at Borgen and Burks or whatever. But he was supposed to, wasn't he? Like, in the books he did? Yeah, in the books, he sees him at Borgen and Burke's. Because then it makes him and his dad more sketchy. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I I read somewhere. I don't know if this is accurate. Someone tell me if it is. I have the Blu-ray version. And I didn't check it. I should have. But (laughs) I I saw that this scene is maybe included as a bonus on the DVD version. I don't know. No, maybe as a bonus. It wasn't, like, in the DVD version. Because I have the DVD version, and it wasn't just in there. Yeah, but I not didn't in the movie, but check. in bonus, like, deleted scenes. I'll have to check. I'm going to have to watch the deleted scenes from now on. <laughs> yeah. I, watch. I, I never remember either. I just watched the movie. I'm like, okay, we're good. <laughs> I don't think about that. <laughs> we'll start doing that on the next one. Yeah, good idea. Okay, so I thought it was funny when Hermione runs up to Harry and Hagrid, and she's all like, oh, thank goodness, everyone was so worried about you. And then they, like, turn around, and they go to find everyone, and they're all standing in line for the book signing, and literally no one is worried about him. They're just like, we are busy <laughs> being, bless you. <laughs> that sounded like it hurt. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and they were not even the slightest bit worried about him. Like, they were just like, oh, hey, Harry, what's up? Like, nobody cared. 
Yeah. Like, we were so worried about you, but Mantlock Hart's here. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>